Hello Survivors and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. This is episode 50 of the show, can you believe it? And I'll tell you what, 22nd of March 2022, Resident Evil Remake turns 20 years old. Let's celebrate this cornerstone of the franchise. My name is Sai and tearing themselves away from Elden Ring to join me on the panel this week. Dropping kerosene on dead bodies, it's Kelsey aka Mr. KDB. Greetings, Earthlings. Would you rather get eaten by a giant shark or a giant snake? It's Firebutton Steve Valance. Hello, everybody. And don't ever speak to him or his tentacled, skin-wearing, hunchback daughter again. It's Moist Owlet, a.k.a. James. Hello, from the lands between. <laughs> Every episode of First Aid Spray is recorded live on our Discord server, so join now to hear the show early and unedited and to become part of our fantastic little community where we discuss life, the universe, and Resident Evil. You can find a link to the server as well as all of our social media profiles at our website, fasprayPod.com. It's the support of our listeners that keeps First Aid Spray going, so why not check out our merchandise or our Patreon page? Tears begin at just $1 a month. Head over to patreon.com forward slash FASPRAYPOD for a full list and the chance to create bonus First Aid Spray content. Uh, we have a little slice of housekeeping at the top of the show. First of all, I guess it, I should just reiterate, 50 episodes. I mean, we've done a lot more because of bonus episodes and stuff, but this is the 50th numbered episode of the podcast, so we have hit a new benchmark i guess so that's that's pretty cool so uh thank you to everyone for your continued support of first aid spray three and however many months in uh and this seemed like a good time to talk about such an important game but before we get to that we dropped quite a few things publicly uh over on our youtube over the last few weeks if you haven't checked them out i highly recommend uh, we now have the, we finally have the public version of Now That's What I Call Survival Horror at Resident Evil Zero, which was sitting with our patrons for quite a little bit. But if you want to go through Sherwin's top 10 tracks from this, honestly, highly underrated soundtrack. Highly recommend that. Uh, in the meantime, we did two new editorial videos that are out now. Five Inevitable Deaths in Resident Evil, which was formally titled uh, Five Times You Were Dead and You Knew It. And that was written by Patreon subscriber Luigi um, with Kelsey on the edit and Steve on the voiceover. And in the meantime, there is also, as of the time of recording, it's not out. But if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast apps and YouTube, you can go back and check the true story of Outbreak File 3, which is something that I wrote and edited and Kelsey did the voice for. Uh, It's been a while since we did a behind the scenes little tale. So, uh, yeah, it's good to have that out as well. In the meantime, the second episode of Memory Card Lane is now out publicly, so you can uh, enjoy Steve Sherwin and Jordan's look back at Jumping Flash for the PlayStation 1. And if you're a Patreon supporter, uh, the Mastermind tier specifically, you can now watch episode 3 of this season of Memory Card Lane, which is all about Pokemania and Pokemon Snap. Oh yes. Uh, So that is available on our Patreon exclusive for the rest of the month. I think that's everything from us for now, so let's jump into the latest Resident Evil news. So, a very heavy and uh, hard-hitting bit of news that Capcom are re-releasing Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3 and Resident Evil 7 for the current-gen systems in the coming months. Yeah, that's... 
in a way, it was kind of a surprise to me, like a nice surprise. Like it kind of just came out of nowhere, didn't it? And they were just like, boom, by the way, it's just a tweet one day. We're releasing these. And they've since updated that as well to say that all your save data will uh, will carry over as well to your free upgrades if you own the game. If you, uh, you know, kept on the same side of the quote unquote console war uh, and you, you own your PS4 version, which will play in PS5 with no additional charge. And you can take your save data with you and same for Xbox One and Xbox Series X. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, Kelsey, how do you feel about this one? I am very, very pleased. Uh, everyone knows I'm kind of a sucker for good graphics when it's appropriate. And like the RE engine is, I think. In my opinion, it's like one of the best looking game engines out there um, mm. in terms of making things, it's, certainly in terms of making things look cinematic, it's brilliant. And and then now you look at what Guerrilla Games have done with Horizon and, and that's groundbreaking and eclipses it maybe, but I'm just kind of keen to see what Capcom can do in the future and to get this announcement is was surprising, as you said, but it's amazing. The screenshots look great. Um, I can appreciate new reflections, lighting, frame rates, and all that. Whatever we're going to get, I'm I'm very excited for. And I have a Series X and a, a nice TV. Uh, that's mm. not a brag. I'm just saying that I've got it, so I can I Take can kind of reap these benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I need another excuse to play Seven. So uh, yeah, this right. this makes me very happy. Thanks, yeah. Capcom. I agree. I I recently because I got Seven when it came out on my Xbox One. This Christmas, I got the PlayStation 4 version, basically just for the shelf, really. Um, but now, I can play it on my PS5, so that's exciting. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Steve, how do you feel about the... Uh, I mean, no additional costs. That's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, I've got no complaint. Is, is it just, like, would I be able to put, say, a disc of 7 into my PlayStation 5, and then it would magically upgrade it and download the new version? Is that generally what's happening, or is it just digital downloads and so on? Um, I think you would. Re- I I believe it would require the disc, but yeah, you would probably just pop it in, hit the right button to download the equivalent version. That's how it works on PlayStation. Um, so I assume mm. it's the same on Xbox, and yeah, it just sits on your hard drive like you know the it would anyway if it was installed, and it just requires that. So disc. yeah, basically it's a key, um, which is fine. You yeah. know, uh, the, my, my, I have only minute concerns, and it's more specific to Steve. Okay. Ori Engine already runs pretty pretty well on most modern consoles. Like even Village runs at somewhere above thirty FPS, even on the base Xbox One and the you know the PS4 standard. So if they then go too far and overload it with loads and loads of volumetric lighting, ray tracing, and shadows and all those other bits, and it just makes the performance dip, mm. I'll be gutted. Like I'm I'm down to re you know retread it in Super 4K with all these better bells and whistles as long as they optimize it correctly basically. And, you know, if somehow the stars align and they think maybe we update the RE7 Chris model, or a few <laughs> other little touches, sure. I doubt that's going to happen, but, you know, it would be nice just for a bit of continuity. Um, yeah. yeah. No uh, no real complaints. It's uh, Unexpected is probably the key word, because I feel like in the, in the age of digital stuff and updates and things, I'm surprised it even needs to be a thing. Mm. You know, but that, that's by the by. If they've just got a little separate team working on porting them for the new systems to get the best out of them, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think I think it, they, there's a high chance that they'll be optimised correctly. We've got no idea of the release date for these except later this year. Uh, so hopefully with them not setting any strong deadline or even really a window, they're just going to work on them until they are nice and smooth, let's hope. 
Um, <clears throat> James, you're more of a PC player than a console player, so any uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I'm surprised they didn't, uh, you know, put a countdown up on Twitter to say, we've got some important <laughs> news to tell you. And then, it was this, you know, yeah. three days later, they announced that these games, this is the kind of stuff I would have expected, mm. like, uh, especially with what we've been getting recently. But yeah, great for console players. Um, I can't, unfortunately, my PC is a bit tosh, so I can't experience, like, ray tracing and stuff on these, uh, these uh, games. But it'd be cool to see... Like uh, like people playing through them on 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 YouTube and stuff, and you guys like when you get yours as well, so you guys can let us know. But late yeah. this year, did it say? Yeah, just I'm wondering. This year. So we have. I'm wondering if um, like that later this year, they like they kind of got other news, and this is basically going to be tacked on the end of that to go. And also, this is going. Here's the date. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, there is. Uh... Potential for another announcement. Well, actually, on the day that this episode releases, uh, you know, with it being the anniversary and stuff. So you're right, it could be part of something greater that we don't know about yet. But uh, I think the long and short of it is, you know, it's a nice gesture from Capcom um, to do this kind of thing. So, yeah, let's hope it uh, pans out well. I think that's pretty much it in terms of Resident Evil news, which is good because we've got a big old whopper of a subject for this episode. It's Resident Evil Remake. And now, reading the file, Trevor's Diary from Resident Evil 2002 in character as George Trevor. Doug Does Voices. You can follow on Twitter at Doug Does Voices. November 24, 1967. Eleven days have passed since arriving on this estate. How did I end up like this? A guy in a lab coat came with a plate of skimpy meal and said to me, Sorry to put you through this, but it's for security reasons. That's when it hit me. It all makes sense now. There are only two people that know the secret of this mansion. Suspenser and myself. If they kill me, Suspenser will be the only person that knows this secret. But for what purpose? It doesn't matter now. It's too dangerous here. My family... I hope they are alright. I've decided to escape. Jessica, Lisa, I pray you are safe. November 26th, 1967. How could I be so careless? I lost my favourite lighter. The one Jessica gave me for my birthday. Now it's going to be that much harder to get out of this dark place. November 13th. The date when my fate was sealed. My aunt was hospitalised just three days before that. Jessica and Lisa said they were going to visit her. I wish I could be there with them. But wait. Even as I'm writing this, my memory is coming back to me more, more vividly. Just before I passed out, I remember the man in the lab coat said something like, Most likely your family is already... I pray for their safety. November 26, 1967. Somehow I managed to get out of that room. But getting out of this mansion won't be as easy. I have to get past all the booby traps. Tiger eyes. 
gold emblem. I have to try and remember for my own sake. All right, well, it's about time we talked about one of the most beloved games in the series, most certainly, I think. Um, I think we're all going to have a lot of positive things to say. I'm interested to see if there's any spicy takes. But we will be talking about the 2002 version of Resident Evil, which turns 20 as of the day of the release of this podcast. Um, It was first announced September 13th, 2001. Uh, Capcom invited gaming press to a kind of presentation, an announcement. They basically, I think they said they were going to announce a new video game. But then when press got there, it was the biohazard strategy presentation. Um... And they dropped the bombshell that Capcom had signed a deal with Nintendo to bring the mainline Resident Evil series exclusively to the Nintendo GameCube. Now, at the time, it wasn't like Resident Evil was an exclusive PlayStation property. We had Resident Evil 1 on the Saturn. We'd had uh, Gaiden by this point, of course, and Resident Evil 2 on N64. But I think it's probably fair to say that most players thought PlayStation when they thought Resident Evil. Uh, So this was a big, this was a really big deal, um, especially for the fledgling GameCube at the time. Um, So Resident Evil 2, 3, Code Veronica X got ported over. Uh, Resident Evil 4 would change development from PlayStation 2 to GameCube, and Resident Evil 0 would jump from the N64 to the GameCube. But uh, the most striking thing of all was that the original game was announced to be being remade. Now at this point, only six years old. Well, actually less at the time of the announcement. Uh, Shinji Mikami, who directed both the original and the remake, said that he wanted to improve the visual quality of the game as well as do over what he called the bad localization. And yes, it did actually release on on the actual sixth anniversary of the series, March 2nd, 2002, to critical success. Uh, as we know now, the GameCube install base didn't quite reach the heights of something like the PlayStation 2. Uh, but it was very well received when it released in March in Japan, April US, and we had to wait till September over in Europe for Resident Evil Remake. Um, Steve, what are your earliest memories of Remake? Do you remember it being announced? Um, what's How far back does your brain go for, for Remake? Bits and pieces, but a lot of it is controlling on old websites to try and find like screenshots and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, I don't recall seeing much pre-game release footage, but I distinctly remember trying to find screenshots. And like the, the one that's like seared into my head is down the cabin uh, towards the small graveyard, there is a zombie you would see when you leave Lisa's house or cabin, whatever. Right. And it's just a single Mr. Brook style light bulb head zombie in a single shot. And I used to have that as like my desktop for everything <laughs> uh, forever. And that that's the one promo shot I distinctly remember from Remake 1. Other than that, it was a case of just waiting for the release. I remember going for like, magazines and stuff like that, but nothing like... Obviously, we didn't have YouTube, or if we did, it wasn't prevalent enough for me to remember back then. Uh, and it was just trawling through, but mostly just website screenshots was mm. my main source of information for this. Did you have a GameCube when the game came out? Or did you buy a GameCube yes, for the game? Yes, I bought a GameCube for Metroid Prime. Ah, <laughs> excellent. But I, I was, I was uh, chuffed a bit when I saw that this was coming out for it. So Yeah, I can imagine so. Uh, Kelsey, what's your earliest experiences with Remake? Do you remember being made aware of it? And did you play it at the time of release? Uh, I remember seeing it in magazines as opposed to the internet. I don't think I'd really started to... like. We didn't have the internet at home back then, so didn't get much news from the internet so it was definitely magazines Mm. and like steve just kind of bits and bobs um 
I do remember my reaction to it being really cold. Um, I think at the time I was just kind of feeling like, hang on, Resident Evil exists. Why do we need this? <laughs> and like I was still playing the original a lot sure. in the early 2000s, um, you know, 99, 2000, 2001. And I kind of personally didn't want or need it. And so I was just like not interested. And I didn't have a GameCube. So right. I was just like not invested at all. It's really weird. Like I understand that there was a lot of hype around it, but I definitely wasn't caught up in any of that at the time. Mm. And I didn't actually play it until after RE4 had come out. Uh, because I got a GameCube for RE4, which I think I've mentioned before. And a friend of mine uh, had Remake, and I borrowed Remake from him. And maybe sort of a year after RE4 had come out, I played it through. That was the first time I'd played it. And then, honestly, I did not play through it again until the HD remaster came out, like, years later. Wow, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I was really enamoured with RE1 and 2 and 3. And the remake, yeah, just always felt like an outside thing. It, it didn't click with me until years later. Um, I'm not really sure why, but, you know, I was a lot younger. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's it, really. That's interesting. Um, I did have a GameCube um, around the time this came out. Uh, I have an older brother who, uh, sort of when we were growing up, I think, being that he was a few years older than me and sort of knew kind of what he wanted and knew a bit more about the tech and paid more attention to what press was saying, uh, made some of the. I, he was the reason we got the PlayStation One. He was the reason we opted for the PlayStation Two. He's also the reason we had the GameCube, which I don't. It's a question that I feel like I should probably ask him because he's not a Nintendo fan. Like he's not interested in any of the first party stuff, which is the main reason, and has always been the main reason you buy a Nintendo console, especially like the GameCube, was dribs and drabs of support of uh, third party developers and stuff. Um, so I don't quite know why we got a GameCube, but I'm, I was very happy that we did. Uh, the GameCube was actually the first, yeah, I'm slightly tangential, but the, the GameCube, I think I've said it before, is the first Nintendo home console that we had in my house. Uh, we had we had Game Boys, but we we didn't have any, we were Sega kids, so we didn't have a, a Nintendo home console until the GameCube. So I was excited to play some Nintendo games on the TV. You know, it's, I remember Smash Brothers Melee was an early one, Luigi's Mansion I was really excited about. But I think Remake might be the first GameCube game I bought. Um, and I was probably presented with those three choices. I have a very strangely clear memory of going to the shopping centre. It was probably, if I had to guess, my birthday uh, in 2002, which would be just after the game had come out. Um, and I was probably spending birthday money on a game. And I opted for Remake. And I have a very clear memory of sitting in Burger King, looking through the manual, as you did back in the day, before we went home to play it. Um, I don't think I got very far with it. I was not old enough to be playing it in some... like Remake as a game is... I mean, the, the series in general, but Remake especially kind of asks of you to think a bit more tact, tactually about things. So I'm pretty sure I got murked by a lot of uh, Crimson Heads and stuff when I was playing it when I was younger. So I, did, I don't think I got particularly that far with it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm certain I had this way back when it first came out. Um, and the copy that I have today is still that copy, I think. I don't think I got rid of it and rebought it. I, I can't wow. imagine so. So, uh, yeah, I, I still own that copy as far as I know. Um, so, yeah, I got, I've got a long history with it in that sense. Um, James, obviously, being newer to the series, uh, your exposure to actually playing the game um, and playing the game with Steve was quite recent. But do you remember at all 
when Remake came out, do you remember it being a topic of conversation in gaming, or did it just kind of pass you by? Oh, uh, it completely... Because during that time, like, <laughs> like between the year of 1999 and, like, 2003 or four, I was saving up for my very first PC. Mm. And I, I got it during that time. Um, and I didn't really have a console at that point. If I was going to play on anybody's console, it would be probably, probably my uncle's Xbox. Like, the very first one, the brick that you got. Mm. And, yeah, but I, I, I didn't even realize until Steve told me uh, when we played it on Firebutton um, that it had a remake. I didn't even realize that that was <laughs> a thing. Um, we played it just after Remake 2 uh, came out as well. So I was, like, <laughs> I was slightly spoiled by mm -hmm. that game um, when I came in. Uh, but I did reserve some expectations of it. Uh, but I was really excited. In, I was really excited about it because Steve uh, was really excited and also told me that this game is basically the darling child of the of the community of the RE community. Um, so yeah, I, other than me playing it, I had no idea it existed. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, let's let's dive into kind of dissecting it. Then um, I think most logically starting with. The big change, the reason, as I said at the beginning, that it kind of exists, which is to update the visuals, um, even putting the original 96 Resident Evil next to Resident Evil 2, which came out two years later. It's a big, big difference, you know. Uh, it was the, the era of video game change being perhaps the most accelerated it's ever been and will ever be, you know, as we moved into 3D and people figured out how to make that actually look nice. Uh, so in the six years between 96 and 2002, I mean, I imagine you give those games to someone very young now, they'll probably guess a bigger amount of years between them because it is, is a stark contrast. Um, but that So let's start with the visuals as that was the, the main thing that wanted to be updated from Capcom's point of view. Um, obviously, I think in preparation for this, we probably mostly played the HD remaster, but uh, if, if I'm correct, Kelsey, you pulled out the GameCube for your recent replay, and I might be wrong, did you play it on a CRT as well? So how was your old school trip down memory lane with Remake? <laughs> So, uh, just firstly, I didn't play on a CRT, That's but I will shame. give some context. Um, yeah, I would have really liked to. Uh, so, I, yeah, I played the GameCube version because I wanted... Yeah, I wanted to get as close to the original experience as I could. Sadly, not on a CRT. And the caveat I have is I did use a very cheap 1080p upscaler and played All it on right, my okay. spare 1080p TV. Which is going to help it, but, you know, you still... It's it's the GameCube version. It's it's not in HD, and it's missing some of the, the dynamic uh, additions that they made for later. Uh, mm. And I played in 4x3 as well, uh, as you should. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, visuals. Shall I, shall I have yeah, a chat Yeah, shall I visuals? dive right yeah. in wherever you want to start? So, yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of awkward that we're starting with visuals, because uh, I must forewarn you... Uh, and I know this is the darling baby, as has been mentioned. But visuals is kind of where some of my biggest gripes with the game lie. Um, and I'm probably going to be crucified because I know how much people love the game. But so be it. It's, it's always out of love, I promise. And it's not all bad. Um, I'll start with my positives. 
Um, my first impressions when when I fired it up because I hadn't played this on a GameCube since, like I say, two thousand and six or something, two thousand and five, something like that. Um, my first impressions looking at it last week were like, I was really impressed, and I was like, I cannot believe how detailed and how smooth it looks for a game that came out in two thousand and two. It looks way better than I remembered, even acknowledging the upscaler that I had.、Mm. So initially, I was really impressed.、Um, character models mostly very good, really great for two thousand and two. I think the the animation is pretty top notch, which I believe is mostly from mocap.、Um, right, and it, I think it's probably about as good as you're going to see for that era.、Um, some of the eye movements are a bit cyborg. Esque, but generally they all feel like real people, and they embody the iconicness of this, the original group of the stars members in in their design. And there's this kind of slight cartooniness to their style,、uh, but I actually really like that. And I think if you're gonna, if you can't create something fully realistic, you need to have a touch. You need to stylize it just a touch to soften the blow. And I think here it works brilliantly.、Yeah. It all looks great. Sure.、Um, Uh, same goes for the zombies and and all the BOWs. Really, I I think it's sort of understood that you have to make those things look good, or the game would just flop.、Um, some of my highlights are Yawn. I think Yawn looks great、uh, with the boils、uh, sort of all over the snake's body.、Uh, the Tyrant is probably probably my favourite version of any Tyrant.、Uh, There's the remake Tyrant. I think it's it it just looks so scary. And even though it's not actually that hard to take down. I just think visually it's terrifying.、Uh, something very alien and godlike about it.、Um, so, like graphics-wise, that all looks really good, and I love that detail.、Um, and as for the backgrounds and locations, yet、yeah, they have that detail in all their pre-rendered glory. They're very considered, and they 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 advance the original in many ways. So that's kind of all a big tick.、Um, but I'm kind of going around the houses a little bit. But just to get to, I have a sort of big, however,、uh, about. The way this game looks,、um, the detail is there, but like for me, the lighting and the grade and the overall finish, like the look to the game, I just, I just, I don't really like it. It's quite flat and a little bit bland. With,、uh, you know, kind of many of the rooms are draped in like a darkness that all、mm. just looks very much the same,、mm. which for me does lose some atmosphere. It's like good for a f- few rooms here and there. But pretty much the entire game is lit with this same drab darkness, and there's like little little candles or spotlights, which look lovely in one or two rooms, as I say, but but not the whole game, and it kind of wears thin. And as I went on, and as I was playing it, I was just kind of becoming, yeah, just more kind of bored with it. And I I, I think I'd never I've played the game multiple times.、Like、I've played the HD version, and but this time I was playing it with the view that right, we're going to do the podcast. Let's Look at this game. Let's really look at what I'm playing. So yeah, you put a different hat on,、really. right?、Um, and yeah, so so some of the look, some of the look, wore a bit thin for me. And I don't know if this was a result of, you know, pre-rendered backgrounds with 2001 lighting rendering technology, and then not maybe finding the best balance.、Um, there's some like lightning flashes and stuff which look great,、uh, but yeah, mood variation across the game is. Very limited, and it became kind of boring for me.、Um, it's just not going to look as good because the backgrounds are JPEGs; they can't be as dynamic.、Um, and I know for the remaster, they—I saw a video where they made some very basic 3D meshes, which allowed for some dynamic lighting. Yeah.、Um, as I said, I've played the remake too, and、uh, I, although it looks better, I think my issue remains, and that 
I would have liked more variety and richness to the look. Like I say, graphics-wise, it's really impressive, but stepping away from the graphics and thinking about the style and how it looks, uh, yeah, just kind of wore a bit thin for me. Um, and uh, what else was I going to say? Yeah, I looked... I Sorry, I will I will wrap this up and I'm going on. Um, I looked at a couple of... Uh, some of the other horror games that came out around the same time... or in the same year, sorry, in the same time. Uh, and one of them is is Alone in the Dark, A New Nightmare, and another is Devil May Cry. And of course, they don't have pre-rendered backgrounds, but I think yeah. if you put screenshots next does, to... Not, not to be scared. Yeah, d- does it? No, because I was looking at some videos, and I thought some of it does, but then there's like desks and tables and things like that, and I've, they must be 3D models. But uh, uh, either way... Um, yeah, it's, it's pre-rendered, they, I promise. Even <laughs> if they are... Um, just i thought alongside this those it just looked more interesting i thought it had more going for it and so if it is pre-rendered that sort of makes the comparison even more i don't know uh more interesting to me as well uh remake feels a little bit like a one-trick pony with the look i know i read that also that mikami and the art director are rumored to have clashed a little bit on the look of the backgrounds which i don't know if that may explain some of the flatness to it um but the bottom line for me is that graphically it looks fantastic the detail is great but I'm just not a huge fan of the overall samey look with these rooms bleeding into each other. Color, color palette kind of lacks a bit of intrigue. And yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't want to. I, I don't like that I'm starting on a negative because yeah, I do love a lot of a, this game. So it's, it's <laughs> so an interesting that's place. That's what I think. It's an interesting place <laughs> to start. Certainly, um, I, I don't think you are wrong by any sense. I can certainly see what you're saying. Um, I would use the word consistent in a positive way. I, I, you know, I appreciate the consistency and for me it serves the overall ambience of the game. Feels, makes it feel like a, a real place a lot more than various other video game locations. Uh, I can see why some people see it as a detriment somewhat, but I think that just throwing more colours into the game, which is not what you're saying should be done. I'm not saying anyone's saying that, but that would be kind of arbitrary and a bit silly just to be like, well, it's a bit drab. Let's make this room a little more... Like the original game where we have green corridor and we have blue corridor and all this sort of stuff. Um, But you're right, maybe maybe some time needed to be spent on... And maybe it's restriction of the time, but the lighting engine and stuff like that. uh, I can see that. But for me, I like the uh, the overall look of the mansion's consistency. Um, James, how do you feel about the visual look of our re- remake? Is it drab? Yeah, it's the colour of a puddle. <laughs> like, that, that, I, I'm going to start straight out with the negatives because I want to talk about positives after, right? But yeah, the game is dull. Like the colour, I said this at the end of our playthrough, um, like with Steve... The game is really brown and gray. And when you compare it to the original game, which we'll do later on, like when you compare their color palettes, it's like the only thing I can think of uh, is that because the game looks so good, like, but they had to make sacrifices in terms of color. Um, But I don't know. I'm not a game dev, so I don't know how that works, but that's Mm. the only thing I can think of, right? Because like the first game was so poppy and gruesome because of all that poppy color of reds and and yellows and greens right but in yeah in in remake it's not it's it's just really dull 
Um, but, I mean, that's that out of the way. Because the rest of the game, in terms of how it looks, is it's the best visuals of the time. Like KDB yeah. said. Yeah. It's the best visuals of the time. There won't be another game that came out in 2002 that looks better than this game. Yeah. Like, in terms of how sharp it looks, its smoothness, everything about it. The lighting in it is so good. There's even some games coming out now, especially at Shadows as well, that don't touch how good right remake looks in 2002. Mm. Like, it's it's kind of it's kind of wild. Um, yeah, and I just touched on kind of the smoothness and like, a lot of the animations in the game as well uh, look great. Um, but, I mean, another another kind of small thing is that, like, again, I think this was just restrictions to the time with the hardware slash software, but the faces are so not emotive. Like, they don't have emotions. Um, I remember when me and Steve played, um, I said to him at the beginning and at the end, I was like, I... I think this is why I couldn't get on board with Jill so much um, as a character because, like, in even in the original, they don't do this better in the original. Like, even the original, like, Jill isn't super, doesn't have a, a personality. And in the remake, she doesn't also have a personality. She's just this walking, to me, she's mm-hmm. just a walking doll soldier that's going through the house. Um, yeah, but anyway, that's, that's by the by. Um... But yeah, uh, other than that, though, like, you can see why this game was so successful. It looks fantastic. The water effects as you're going through stuff, the filters they've used, the backgrounds, like, they're all so, so well done. And they, like you said earlier, Sai, they are very consistent. Like, it would have been very easy to, like, do those backgrounds and make them super poppy and then just leave the characters as they were. Mm. Like, but they didn't, that might also be another reason you know, because the characters were the actual moving animation of the game. Like, they're the ones that are pulling all the hardware. They might have brought in the backgrounds to match those characters. Um, I'm just talking in, around right now. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, like, coming, kind of... If we're talking about, like, the biggest... My biggest, like, wow things about this game. Uh, probably when Yawn turns up. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. God, he's he looks so good, mm-hmm. right? He looks so good even now. Terrifying, um, like to look at, and yeah, a lot of lot of horror, like uh, references, right, with him, and like, uh, I love I love the way he looks. Um, also, I mean, just just to end uh, with this. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of one like I, I I want everybody to know that predominantly, I have positives about this game when it comes to visuals. It's fantastic looking game. I just wish I had more color. But on another end, this is nothing to do with how the game looks, but why are there so many goddamn paintings? <laughs> like, in this freaking game. Like, there, there's one wall going up the West Wing, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Where there's, the like, yeah. 40 paintings on the wall. And they really mess with my feng shui. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think what well, you see... You see, James, there's an airsoft gun that you can buy. <laughs> basically, they're all on loan from when the RPD was an art museum. They had to clear them out, so Spencer swept them up. That's not true. I'm making it up, but you can believe it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my head cannon now. Thank you, Steve. I was, yeah, that, that makes complete sense to me. Let's go with that. Um, yes, I agree. I think you're right. The facial animations in the game are very rigid. Again, that is probably a 
time thing, right? This is probably yeah. pretty early on into actual like fa- actual facial capture technology with video in terms of video game integration. Uh, but yeah, I was looking at other games that came out in 2002. Um, and it's tough to compare some of them because it was the early onset. Like I couldn't say like Vice City, like night and day, because they're hugely different games with like the size of the environment. But other games right. that came out that year, the original Splinter Cell, Metroid Prime, uh, the original Kingdom Hearts, Jet Set Radio Future. Um, what else we got? I mean, those are just some good examples of games that, generally speaking still look good but remake when it came out was mind-blowing <laughs> and it yeah. stayed that way for a very long time even in 2012 yeah. it was still one of the best looking games in the series um and i would fly the flag at least at that point of still being one of the best looking games period and of course that is because of the fixed camera the nature of fixed cameras that you can put all that processing power into the 3D models if all the backgrounds are just static images that have been painted or whatever. But it doesn't matter what the circumstance. The fact is, it it looked amazing. I didn't even necessarily think when they announced the HD remaster that it really needed it. But I'm glad that it exists, certainly. Uh, It is kind of like the definitive version, pretty much. Um, Steve, let's let's chuck this over to you. We've been... uh, less like gushy than i expected us to start with but good points made uh how do you feel about the visuals of uh remake i they, they cheated didn't they they did the same thing they did with the original and that you know like you've already said the pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff which i would argue are more like animated gifts because most backgrounds have something being like that's you know, fair flash of lightning or moth yeah like a tree branch tree, you know yeah, yeah water flow, it's just something there's normally something going on to keep that screen feeling less static mm-hmm. but uh as a result, like the character models, you know, while they may not animate the best, uh, are, seem to be obviously a generation ahead. Like you know, those models could easily have been picked up and dropped in RE5, and you'd have got away with it. Right. Which is probably why Lost in Nightmares looks so. You know, um, mm. I think it's very. I mean, what James and KDB both said how tonally consistent it is to its detriment, and I, I kind of agree. But the same token, the fact that the original has a lot more dare I say, camp and wacky in that regard. And I like the original too, you know, uh, but it gives it a more of a, a solid grounded tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the whole thing is like, you know, an all-encompassing as opposed to like, this is the, the guardhouse zone, this is the mansion zone, this is the caves, and this is the lab. You know, it's a bit more, you can believe it all as one place. Uh, it obviously, as a result, can feel a little bit yes, stale after a while. I don't know. There's something about it that just feels so gothic and spooky and haunted that the original mm. mansion didn't have, you know. And obviously, you can't downplay just the level of detail this game's got, especially in 2002 compared to its contemporaries. Like um, Metal Gear Solid 2, I think is the next big like AAA Japanese title yeah. really sure. of the year. Yeah. Um, and facial animation and character model wise, nowhere near. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that's fully 3D, so the environments aren't going to be. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's a tough one for me because I'm trying to reconcile what everybody's already said against me not gushing too much and trying to be balanced. 
uh, in comparison to the original, like it's a very different tone, and I think that as a result, with the more realistic attempts at portrayal with the characters and stuff, I honestly think they're fine. Mm. If, if I had one gripe, and I'm surprised anyone's talking about, I actually think the body movement in the cutscenes is a little bit Thunderbirds. It feels a little bit like marionette puppet at times. Yeah, that's the cartoony that I mean. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but on the flip side, facial animations. I know. I know they're not great. I know they're not the best, but you know, just take for example the first time you see Wesker in the guardhouse, you get a very brief close-up shot of Wesker, and there is a very discernible smirk when he knows you're there. Mm-hmm. You know, there is some facial definition rather mm-hmm. than just like the half-life, mouth flap open, mouth flap close. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so. Yeah, that's fair. I um, I've got a question then for everyone to answer when we're talking about the. I'm going to use the word consistency again in terms of like the the color palette and stuff like that. And Steve, I think you're right in that is it's a purposeful sidestep away from RE1's campiness. Like, mm. of course, they changed all the script around and made it sound at least a lot, at least somewhat more like people actually talking. Maybe not completely human being, but like you know, that's it's a far cry from the original game. And I think, yeah, obviously the visuals are a part of that as well, is to get away from the 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 schlockiness of it as much as possible uh, in some regard. Is there mm, is there a game in the series with a stronger like overall ambience than remake? Uh is this yeah. it, Yes. I, Okay, interesting. All right, James, you answered first. What game has a stronger of like overall ambient, like consistent ambience? I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just that's the one that came to exact. That is exactly the one that came to mind just as I started saying it. Kelsey's anything? Any advance? Yeah, I I was going to say RE7 and Remake 2, but RE7 primarily because it's almost closer to Remake in terms of you know setting and stuff. So it's probably a better comparison. I think. If there's a couple of times in RE7, you know, I was talking about variation in lighting and richness, and there's some times where there's some stuff that really jumps out. And uh, so, off the top of my head, would be is it Lucas's area? Um, you know, his little shed thing yeah. is in all the lights and stuff that's outside. That kind of thing is mm. is sort of missing from remake for me. But when you dot them in that drab, dark environment, I think it really brings it to life, and that's why I feel. Like consistent, consistent, consistently. Sorry, the atmosphere. Yeah, in RE Seven. Yeah, that's is fair. More, See, I think. Anyway, any, but, uh, yeah. Any other game that you can think of might be a stronger ambit than remake, other than Seven, because I think there's a, obviously a pretty good shout. I would agree with that. As a consistent tone throughout the entire game, I actually think Seven. Uh, sorry, I was going to say Seven Zero. That's what oh. I meant to say. Zero. Because I think as as much as often maligned as it is, that does maintain the same visual. Yeah, like, that's I fair. mean, obviously, it makes the sister title to this one. It makes sense, right? Mm. Right. Um, I wanted to just touch on something before we got sidetracked, and it was basically on the lines of, although I criticise the animations and the cutscenes, that all of the monsters are horrendously well animated. Mm. Uh, sorry yeah. not to derail in another direction. No, no um, you're totally right. Like, we, I have recently been streaming it, and you guys have been hanging out, like, Instantly, when you say that, comes to mind is how we were all laughing at the animation for the hunter getting grenades shoved in its mouth, and how it kind of stumbles back, confused about what's going on. I really love <laughs> little bits and pieces like that. I think, in terms of design for this game, these are probably 
the most iconic versions of so many characters and BOWs. Um, most people, you know, I in in my estimation at least, if I was to say the Hunter, the Tyrant, Neptune, Jill, Chris, Barry, they're probably going to think of the remake versions. And sure, some of that is because it's the original game in its highest fidelity form. So it's kind of like your introduction to some of these sort of characters and creatures. But for me, these are, yeah, some of the best designs that the series has done, uh, even to this day. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you, you think about how the tyrant skulks and walks, just the way the zombies move, the hunters move, the chimeras. Like, my mm. God, they, they, they have a distinct, Agreed. like, pattern and the way they behave. Like, obviously, animation in-game is different to the way it's going to be portrayed in cutscenes, but they, these are crafted in a way that is... I don't know, it's uniquely terrifying when you see a hunter skulk and pounce, uh, you know, and the way zombies can, like, they have a massive lunging bite on your neck, which, to be fair, in comparison to Remake 2, is pretty much the same, only that's now up close in your face. Yeah. Uh, but this is 2002. That's still terrifying. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. If I had a negative just to drop, would be that the HD version is a bit all over the place in terms of the quality of the upscaling that's been done. As not necessarily mm. speaking to the original game. Obviously, some of the FMVs are really poor, uh, draining and filling the the sort of the, whatever you would call it that pool of water on the way to the guardhouse. Yeah. Uh, so, they had no choice, did they? they right, well, they just had to reuse them. Exactly, they're they're already rendered, so it is what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and the hunter cutscene as well, similarly. Um, but just, you know, even some of the elements of the fixed camera backgrounds, the quality sort of just changes throughout the image. Some some spots are really nice and, you know, still stunning and others are a bit ropey. But yeah, it's, I think that is just kind of what it is at this point where it's you're, you're working with a game that's 20 years old and trying to bring it up to uh, current day. I guess that's what a remake of a remake is for. Huh? Uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Any more points well, on Bruce Chronicles? <laughs> yeah. Any more points on visuals before we move on? Um, I just, you know, I know it's, I'm, I realized that it, you know, I made it sound like really, really, like a really negative thing, but it's not. Like, I really do love the look of this game. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to just reinforce that. The game looks fantastic for its time. There was nothing else that came out in that year that looked as well as this game. Like, there used to be a time... Uh, it's not so much now, I feel like, because we're getting to the point of actual hyper-realism, but there used to be right. times in gaming where you would truly see the next stage of next-gen. Mm. You could actually see it from one step to the next, like, this is what we've got coming, and it's so exciting. You know, and this game is that. It's what you would expect, or what we expected back there, those big jumps in hardware giving us those like really awesome visuals and this skin gives us that uh yeah i just wish it it was a little bit more colorful that's fair yeah you're so right like i remember when this game came out just being blown away to the point where i just wanted to show it to people like look how good this game looked. and most you know my friends didn't care about resident evil they're all 13 they didn't particularly care about that kind of thing anyway uh I was just being like, well, why aren't you making as big a... This is like the best looking game I've ever seen. Why is nobody shouting and screaming about this in the way that I am? And obviously the, the press had some positive things to say. And it, it you could take 20 screenshots of this game, put them in frames and put them on a wall and it'd be art. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Maybe a bit washed out. Maybe a bit tonally consistent to the point of its detriment. But yeah. maybe art. Put them all on the same wall next to a staircase as well. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about some audio then. Music, voice acting, sound effects, all of the good stuff. Um, Steve, why don't you start us off this time? What are the, the highlights for you from the, the audio of Resident Evil Remake? I feel like this is another big topic as well. The, the ambience, the, the actual ambience, like not necessarily when the music's playing, but the, the areas where you can just hear like the creaking of your floorboards and you're moving mm. around. I think it's, it's, there's, there's, some, there's a texture to it, and I really, really dig it. Uh, the music itself, some of the remixes I prefer, some of them I don't. I actually prefer the original instrumentation from you know, 96. Sure. But overall, it's solid. I, again, like, I, I feel like a broken record, but the whole soundtrack is totally consistent, <laughs> and they clearly had a pattern they were going for, uh, which is, again, maybe to its detriment, maybe, maybe to its positives, it depends who you are. Uh, the, my only real gripes, maybe, are they made the sound, the hunters sound a little bit too more predatory than their original selves. I kind of prefer their OG screeches. Everything else uh, is terrifying. Yawn, for example, like you know, it now sounds like a proper gasping snake as opposed to some mm. weird cyborg machine uh, with a bit of pressure behind it, and it it unnerves me. Mm. The um, the squelching of the chimera as well, like you know, it's yes. very yeah disgusting about the way they operate uh yeah I, I, I don't know how to put it other than the foley and the sound design in this game is pretty good <laughs> yes it's very satisfying to pull off things like headshots and stuff with the sound mm. that comes with them you know uh the you know of the head exploding under the pressure and all that stuff i totally agree for me i found always found that it was weird that they didn't necessarily just top to bottom remake the original soundtrack there's a few tracks in here where like the guardhouse and the aqua ring i think um and stuff like that where they've taken the original and made a new orchestrated version but a lot of the mansion tracks whilst they're very much similar flavor and they aim for the same thing they're not really one-to-one remakes it's kind of like it's its own thing which it always felt odd to me up until about 2019 when remake 2 came out and did it kind of a similar thing where it's like there are touches of memorable tracks but when you actually listen to the remake 2 soundtrack by itself it's it's doing its own thing which is good because obviously just remixing and sort of remaking a soundtrack for the sake of it might not actually be the best option you need to find what suits the actual game that you're making so they definitely went the right route with it and we've ended up with a, just another stellar soundtrack Top to bottom, fantastic. I don't think there's a single piece of music that stands out to me as sort of bad or jarring, really. Um, I've, in preparation for this, for some reason today in my head, I just had, I've got that, had that swirling mass of noise that you get when you enter the dining room for the first time, all those violins going crazy. And as mm. you said, this, the ambient sound design of the clock ticking and the storm going and that's all happening at once and that's something that happens really early in the game to set that up um kelsey how do you feel about the audio for remake yeah i think i pretty much agree with kind of everything that's been said there i won't retread it all um the music we're talking about the music it's I listen to the soundtrack, and it, the soundtrack is so good. Like it's really, really good. It's not quite as in your face mm. when you're playing the game. It's maybe not as present as as the original and 
yeah, there's a sort of reason for that. But I don't know. Like, I feel like I would have liked it to have a little bit more presence within the game. Like, the ambience is great, but the mute, like the actual music, music, I think could have had a more prominent place in the game. I would have liked that anyway. Um, the original kind of does that. Is it is a bit more more in your face. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's really really good. There's just there's a lot of droney tracks, and I don't dislike that stuff. I actually really like that stuff, especially with horror. Um, but in the context of the game, I don't know. I I think I would have preferred some more non-subtle music. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how I saw it as I was playing it. Just given the B movie nature, but then they tried to be more serious with this one, so right. it, it kind of makes sense. I so think that's it, it is it fantastic. Is. Yeah. yeah, I think if you had more in your face music it it would sort of jar against the atmosphere that they're going sure. for maybe you know i can see what you're saying certainly i'm always in favor of uh that kind of classic video game soundtrack style certainly but i don't know if it would serve the game um <laughs> not not not, yeah. for, not for me anyway um yes james what are your thoughts on the on the audio the music etc uh yeah just just touch on what uh kdb was saying um yeah, I, I, I mean, I, you know, the music was pretty sparse in the game, but it was well used. Mm. And I think if, like, I think if, if it was, you've already said this, but if it was like, uh, like the original, it wouldn't fit the environment they had around you, like the atmospherics and stuff, because the game was a bit muted, like, and it was, yeah, I don't know, it was a bit, it felt, <laughs> I think... I think it was because, like, the original felt... I don't know why. Maybe it was because of the colours and stuff, but I'd hate to keep going about this, but it felt faster, whereas Remake doesn't. It feels a lot slower, and they kind of... They they uh, push towards that with the music side of things mm. and, and everything. Um, but you guys have covered everything, because I completely agree with you with the music. Um, but, yeah, the, like, the game sounds of the game are amazing. Um, like... The footsteps and just the general sound feel with the game is super solid. Mm. Um, but I think Resident Evil games at this point have always gotten those sounds right. You know, they they have never really missed. <laughs> um, yes, other than other than like side games, and that's not a criticism. Like it's like they have kept consistent with that, and it's 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 amazing. Um, I think my biggest highlight for the game, other than like hearing <laughs> hearing a monster off in the distance. I remember playing with Steve and going, "Oh, I can, I can hear the zombie to my right." Yeah. Um. You know, and he was like, "I can't hear it." Right. I was like, "Yeah, it's to your right." Because we were have we had two headphones on at the time, <laughs> and like I was like, "No, there's a there's a zombie to the right." It's like, okay, it runs over. There's a zombie off. You know, to to the east. So, but yeah, the guns they sound so great in this game. Yeah. It's so satisfying yeah. when they go off. Um, like when you when you blow a limb off, or like when you get a crit. Just as <laughs> the heads of the limbs explode when you you hit Black Tiger, the spiders and stuff, just random limbs to start flying all over the place. Yeah, and the sounds that the knives make as well. Yeah, they did well with the mm. with the sound design with this game. Is is you know, but they've always they've always done so well. And then you got like the monster sounds as well. They sound disgusting. They sound gross, but not like too over the top either. Um, as well, like you can, you can go. You, they could have gone over the top with with Yawn, for instance, but they didn't. Um, it was it was all very. It was kept under a threshold that still made it terrifying, right? Uh, for me, um, 
but and then you know I'll have to talk about some negatives because then uh, you know, we have the voice acting. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Which, oh man, it's it's perhaps my biggest gripe about this game, um, because it's like the way I've been the way I've been thinking about it is like Resident Evil the original. We played director's cut. I don't know if that's different in any way, but um, the original, it's like if you bumped up to 11, right? Not in terms of how good it was, but in terms of how loud and wacky and like cheesy it was. Like, and then you've got like, I don't know, you've got Dead Aim, for instance, you know, and then there's Remake, which is like in the middle, you know, which is like, there isn't really, I didn't get any emotion out of what they were saying. I didn't feel anything they were saying. Um, there was one particular point where <laughs> there's one particular point where uh, Barry uh, goes to turn his gun on Jill uh, just before the Lisa fight. Mm. And <laughs> anyone else in that situation, <laughs> anyone else, right, after the whole, you know, deal with the Lisa thing, but anyone else after that would have gone, what the hell, Barry? But Jill's like, okay, and just walks off. Yeah, that's a... And as, as it completely took me out of the game, that experience, the voice acting is not the not the best. Um, out of all the... It's probably down at the bottom, to be honest, this game. Like, wow, not, really? The, not at the bottom, but it's around the bottom. Wow. It's not great. We need to play Survivor, James. I need to get you on Survivor and show you the true gems. <laughs> I'm not saying it is at the bottom. It's like, you know, it's it's not the worst. It's just, it's not even middling, to be honest. Wow. Like well, it's... You know, I find it to be solid, uh, but I wouldn't write a letter about it to anyone. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I never write, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm British. I never write letters to anybody. But... <laughs> But yeah, yeah I, I I get you. It's it's a little bit sort of uh, I don't know ab- absence of emotion. Perhaps you're right. Like there are some dud lines and there are some awkward script moments. But in terms of casting and whatever, I don't think anyone is particularly bad. In fact, there are some portrayals in this I really like. But I get your perspective. At the same time, it does feel yeah. I mean, awkward is the best word f- for me to think about That's- this. That's actually a great, yeah. That's a great, yeah. I was, yeah. Awkward is very a very good word because there are some good lines. Like any, pretty much anything Wesker says is, in my opinion, is pretty good. But because mm. it always kind of harkens, it always trans transports me back to the original games. Right. Whenever he says something, it's always very cheese. It's got that extra twang on it, right? Mm. And it's always like, you know, it always it reminds me of the previous games, but. Yeah, um, I mean, I did play the Jill this time round, and I, I prefer the Chris side. I think we all know why. Right? But <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the I think actually, yeah, I think the voice delivery on the Chris side is better. Um, Interesting, yeah. Than it the is. Jill side, mm, yeah. Re- you know, the Rebecca in remake is is really good. I find. Um, Steve, what's your thoughts on the voice acting then? Like, there's a rather incredulous response there. Uh, honestly, Sorry. I think it's fine. You know, I, I, because uh, I, I mean, we talked about this on the actual last podcast about Jill. Like, we, we kind of got the vibe that she's like professional up front with other people and then more mm. vulnerable in her own private moments. And I like this the uh, the chow quip, quip and very like you know confident assured nature of it. 
my only real gripe when it comes to the voice acting is a few of the sillier lines, like "Don't be a hard dog to keep under the porch, Barry." And I have to, I have to be honest, I'm not a big fan of Rebecca's voice actress in this one. Oh, okay. She sounds too young for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 uh, maybe it's because disconnect because of uh, Riva De Paula in Ori Zero. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what Rebecca always sounds like in my head. Uh, and then she sounds a lot younger in this. And then you go to her brother chronicles, and then she sounds like even younger. Just a. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just feel like Joe. Uh, as Chris Redfield, I think that's like at the perfect, almost instead of a big brother like he was in OG, he's more of a fatherly figure to her, which is probably the thing they'll go for, and it works. I like their chemistry. I just don't so much like Rebecca's delivery. Right. Uh, except for that one scene where she actually, you know, Richard has just been, she's just been informed about Richard has died. And I'll give you, that is a very, talks to your heartstrings kind of scene. Um, mm. Yeah. But I, yeah, no, I have no real issues with the voice acting in this, to be fair. I won't say it's like the best in the franchise, maybe, but it's definitely one of the stronger ones. Yeah, I, I generally would agree with you. Um, it's, yeah, it's decent. It's not my favourite. It's decent. I've got no big issues with it. I really like, as you said, Joe's Chris. I really like Ed Smarin's Barry as well. Uh, I'll always fight that flag. I know people love the ridiculous script from RE1, but uh, I, there's just such warmth from Barry in this game. Um, yeah, I'm kind of. There, there, there is a reality. Yeah, he's got um, that goofiness, but he's not a just, you know, he's not outright ridiculous. It's, it's, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Kelsey, what are your thoughts on the voice acting in this game? I I completely agree with James. Um, <laughs> I think it's so funny, isn't it, how we've we've sort of landed at polar opposites, some of us here, and then even with the Rebecca thing as well, because I actually think Rebecca's performance is one of the stronger ones. But yeah, the voice acting is it's, it is definitely my next biggest gripe. And although the the actual script isn't as silly like as the original, the I don't know the delivery is quite wooden, and I don't want to hate on any of the actors i'm aware they're very talented and a great bunch of people but some of it honestly just sounds like scratch takes like they needed a couple (laughs) more goes at it and a bit more energy it's very it's too understated um i I can't believe i'm saying it but like this game this came out in 2002 and i can think of i can think of 10 other games with infinitely better voice acting and some of them are resident evil games as well um that came out before it and it's it's not terrible. It's just it is a letdown because so much of like the '96 version, you know, with all its quirkiness and ridiculousness, to me, I just prefer it. It's just more charming because they've gone for this serious take with the remake, and the performances with the voice lack energy. There's sometimes in the game where it's really good. I think the Plant 42 scenes are good. Like I played. I should clarify. I played through as Jill. Um, but I also watched some of the Chris cutscenes just to refresh my memory. Right. Um, yeah, the Plant 42 stuff is really good. I think the stuff towards the end with the Tyrant uh, is quite good as well. Um, but then, yeah, just generally the performance lacked a lot for me uh, for most of the characters. Uh, there's also some really, really weird lines, which I, they 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 have to, they feel like they're bad translations that never got corrected. Uh, there's one point where Richard says, does it ever not hurt? Which doesn't really make much sense in English for the moment. You feel like he should be saying, like, 
ow, it hurts so much or it won't stop hurting. He just, mm. just goes, does it ever not hurt? Um, and there's another line. I mean, there's loads of these, but Jill says to Barry, uh, she goes, Barry, I didn't mean to get you that excited when she makes him jump in the bug room. And like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't... <laughs> I just, <laughs> that's like a euphemism or something. Um, and to me, like, I, I see what she's trying to say, but the, the wording is just... It's just not correct like it just feels wrong so i think that's why it's possibly bad translations which were never corrected um yeah there's a few more but i won't list them all um and this stuff usually doesn't bother me but as i say because you know i liked welcome to raccoon city and that had terrible dialogue um but like <laughs> this game was going it was going for serious not fun and silly but some of the lines are really silly and i'd go as far as saying that some of them are worse than the 96 version um because they're so out of place with the context of the game. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I'm just, I'm with James. Like, there are moments, I, I think James also mentioned Wesker. I think Wesker probably is the strongest, if not one of the strongest performances. Yeah, I was stunned when I was going through with my critical eye replaying it. I was just like, wow, this is not good. <laughs> I, I love the game, I really do. But yeah, voice acting left, left a lot to be desired. Fair enough. Good points well made, I think. Well, can I just say there's one last thing compared to the original I'm kind of sad we didn't get, and that's Joe making a joke about getting to the root of the problem. <laughs> you know, I, I want to hear Chris with joke puns, you know, with a, a more mature voice, but that's just, that's just <laughs> by the wayside. November 29, 1967. I can't get out. I've tried every possible way to escape, but only to be faced with the reality that I'm trapped. I've been everywhere. The laboratory with the large glass tube was filled with formaldehyde and those dark, wet and eerie caves. What can I do? At first, I didn't want to believe my eyes. But that familiar, high-heeled shoe in the corridor... It was like reflex. One name came to mind. Jessica. I don't want to believe that they share the same fate as me. No. I can't give up hope. I have to hope they are alive. November 30, 1967. I haven't had anything to eat or drink in the past few days. Ugh, I feel like I'm going crazy. Why is this happening to me? Why do I have to die like this? I was too obsessed with designing this ghastly mansion. I should have known better. November 31st, 1967. It was a dark and damp underground tunnel. And another dead end. But even in the darkness, something caught my eye. Carefully, I let the last match I had to see what it was. A grave. But deeply engraved into the stone was my name. George Trevor. At that instant, it all became clear to me. Those bastards knew from the beginning that I'd die here, and I fell right into their trap. But it's too late now. I'm losing it. Everything is becoming so far away. Jessica, Lisa, forgive me. Because of my ego, I got both of you involved in this whole damn conspiracy. Forgive me.
May God justify my death in exchange for your safety. George Trevor. Okay, let's... Uh, we've done a lot of talking about presentation um, and that kind of thing. So let's get into the way the game feels to play. As we've alluded to... I say alluded to... As we've talked about is the fixed camera angle. We've got tank controls back. Uh, other control styles are now available because of the remaster. Um, but... Yeah, this is one of the last, if you want to call it classic, Resident Evil playstyle games. Uh, only Zero would come after this, and then that would be the end of it. Uh, for me, this is the apex of that style, really. Um, Zero dips down a little bit, and we've not done a Zero podcast, and we will do one day. Uh, but for all the, exper- you know, the experimentation that it tried doesn't necessarily always hit the mark. That's why I think Remake is perhaps looked at from a gameplay style as the best of these games. Arguably the best of these games. Arguably the best of these games. Um, It does exactly what it needs to do yet again in the same way that Director's Cut and DualShock did with the original game uh, by taking the location, the items... Uh, and the locations that you know and scrambling them around a bit um so if you kind of jump between re1 and remake uh, then your brain will never actually settle like mine and you won't remember where things are even 20 years later um, and like remake 2 that came so many years after we have some new additions to the mansion's sort of layout and design i think like the rpd or the the, uh, the choices they've made are logical and all the, the additions they've made are logical um, and maybe this is something for later on in the discussion but also it kind of adds value back into RE1 by making these kinds of changes because you're like it is a, it's not just a one for one remake uh, it's its own little thing um, Steve let's start with you on this one how do you feel about the gameplay of Resident Evil wandering around the mansion and how it feels to play uh, let it rip wherever you want to go with it I say, generally speaking, when you look at all its forebears, like Code Veronica and back, uh, I would say if it's not best in class, it's closest to. Mm. Like it's uh, mechanically as deep as up until RE3, perhaps just without the dodge. And instead, it's got the uh, defense item mechanic. I think it's fantastic how that works. It's, 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 there's a reason it got burgled into Remake 2. That's all I'm saying. Right. Uh, the actual, like, the things I like most about this is the way the map is so interconnected and there's so many avenues you can unlock. Not unlike, say, you know, stuff in the modern area, like in a Dark Souls game, when you find a route back to where you're going, and you're like, oh, God, that's a shortcut. Mm. And then you know, all the puzzles and stuff, they're a lot more intricate and, dare I say, actually make sense in this kind of nightmare world where the mansion's basically almost a toy box that Spencer had created for his own little conspiracies. And when you look at the actual purpose of the mansion, it's just basically a front. You know, he can just leave all these things to be bare and just toyed with. Some things don't make sense, like, you know, for example, towing a corpse into a casket in the graveyard in the back and then locking it behind <laughs> death masks, but it's, you right. can also remember it's a video game. Mm. Yeah, um, generally speaking, getting about, finding items, it's all very well done and crafted. And I would argue they, they must have put a lot of thought into game balance in this front, because ammunition, at least at the start, is at that right level of not scarce, but also you can't be frivolous. Mm. Uh, and the same with access to like fuel canteens and the whole crimson head mechanic. You know, the big mechanic for the game is the defense items and the crimson heads, and they 
really lean into it, having it just, I would say, that little bit of not scarce, but close enough to, to make it so resource management is a key factor. And in these particular, you know, this particular part of the franchise, that is one of the, dare I say, pillars of Resident Evil gameplay. Mm. You know, managing your, your resources, finding items, solving puzzles, interconnecting the map. Mm-hmm. It's all pretty well done. Yeah. I apologize if I've rambled on for the next 14 minutes, but you know, the, the point is, it's it's good like. It's like <laughs> it's that right part of the brain, especially when you're trying to, you're struggling with ammo and you get a crit shot and you realize, oh, sweet, I don't have to burn that corpse. Right. Which is not a sentence I didn't think I'd have to actually have to say on the internet, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Like, I always think one thing that whenever I boot up Remake and I'm playing on your standard difficulty upwards. Uh, whenever you get to the Kira scene, I'm always like, oh, God, they don't give you much. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you can, only, <laughs> oh, you can only burn so many zombies. But you're right, because that plays into everything that Resident Evil at that time was. Uh, the restrictive nature of what you've got at your disposal, looking at sort of versus however many enemies are out there, and then versus where those enemies are and how I can get around them is there another route for me to take you know all these things you have to take in consideration every time you're standing in the safe room looking at the map trying to figure out where you need to go next what you're going to hit on the way to the next save point or whatever item box so you're right all these things are so perfectly woven in together Um, well it's it's the first time you see a crimson head activate it's a game changer because then you realize especially first time through if you didn't know then all of a sudden all the zombies you've been willing to shooting down oh God, when are they going to reactivate? I need to resolve it as fast as possible. And you right. might not be able to. Mm-hmm. And they don't really mess around with it, like making you wait for that. Like it's pretty early on, really, that that first Crimson Head can get back up, the one that's already dead, quote unquote, before you get there. Uh, mm. It doesn't take long before it gets back up. And uh, yeah, then you've got to deal with that that problem unless you are prepared for it and you know to go there beforehand. Um yeah, it's even that, like, it just weaves everything together perfectly because it makes zombies scarier. Like, the fact that you have to think more tactically about where to kill them and when to kill them and can you put them on top of each other and, oh, I don't want to kill them in this room because I'm not going to come back or I am going to come back here too many times and I might not have the fuel with me to dispose of them. Like, it, it adds so much more to think about, uh, which is great because this game... Is not just not. There's anything wrong with a big dumb action game. There's a lot more thought needed for this compared to something like Resident Evil Five or Six. They are completely different situations, but uh, you know it serves that slower pace of this game to actually have to think about these problems and overcome them. Uh, James, I'm going to chuck it to you next for gameplay. What are your highs and lows for Resident Evil Remake? Oh man, I don't think there are many lows mm-hmm. like for the gameplay because in terms of like a remake, it got everything right and then some. Like it, like it, it basically just improved on everything the original couldn't do. Like when it first came out, uh, when it comes to gunplay, the inventory system, um, even adding additional options like to mix up the gameplay experience with like the crimson heads and yep. and the Lisa section as well. Um, when, when, oh, and the self-defense items as well. When Steve told me, uh, about the crimson heads, right, I was like, what? And then he, 
Well, I don't think actually Steve told me about the Crimson Heads first. And then we went through a door and he went, uh, and I went, they said, we've got to watch out. And I think I said something like, uh, like, but yeah, but we already killed the zombie in that like corridor. Yeah, that's the that's the experience. That's what Capcom wanted. Mm-hmm. Like they wanted somebody to say that because when he went through that, oh crap, it's coming up. And then Steve went, and they're faster and just runs by the thing, doesn't <laughs> even like tackle it. I was like, oh crap. Um, but yeah, great and uh, great uh, like kind of addition. Um, I don't other than what they called V V Tack or something. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, V V acts V A C T yeah that's the one, um, yeah I don't is there much about the Crimson Heads in terms of the law other than that note? Not it's only. a variant of the T virus, right? T epsilon, what yes. it's known as. But... Yeah, it's a specific strain of the T virus that kind of produces the V act process, um, which okay. happens to be yeah I think it's epsilon that's the one that Birkin has most recently been working on, um, and it's what causes okay. the Crimson Head. And also causes liquors as well in slightly various different ways. Right. Okay. Well, that's cool. And I, I love that they added it because it just added like an extra spin for old players of Resident Evil who, yeah. you know, weren't expecting that. Like, and, and it wasn't something that, you know, broke the game or it wasn't something that broke like the canon of the game either. It made sense. Um, I think the, the other, like the biggest kind of positive and the, this takes a lot from me to say because I'm awful at reading maps in video games, right? But the map in Remake is very good. Um, I never felt myself getting lost. It's very simple, and I need simple maps. As I think I've said this on a previous podcast, that you know, maps like like Doom, for instance, and and oh. and other games that are like 3D, is like it sends my brain into like, oh, I can't read it. It's it's wild. Um, but I, I I could read like this one. Uh, the, these maps uh, quite well and on the fly as well. It was great. Um, yeah, and like I also have like a tendency to hate like kind of the more tank controls. And although I did play on analog, it's still built on the tank control system. Yeah, and like I didn't have a problem with it. You know, I I trusted Steve because I remember I played this a few months ago as well. And I played the Chris campaign. And uh, I trusted Steve, like, just just play it with a controller. And I did. And it was, yeah, it was a great experience as well. And playing on the Switch, because that's why I played this time around, uh, was also great. Like, yeah, it was a great, great gameplay experience. Um, I'm trying to add, I'm trying to, like, end all of my things with, like, something, like, not many people might not notice. But I think we mentioned this on a podcast at one point. Might have been when we were doing the, the original Resident Evil but did anyone catch the Ganado in this game? There's a Ganado. There's a Ganado, and I took a screenshot. I'm going to show it to you. Okay. This will be, be good. <laughs> it's after you get the music score. You get the music score, and there is a oh, Ganado. Oh, you mean and the character is, model, right? Yeah. And there, there is another Right, and there is another one in a corridor with a crimson head. They're uploading now. They're taking mm. a bit. I don't know why, but um, but yeah, I just thought that yeah, there he is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I and like it was like this is because this game came out I think before Resident Evil Four. Yeah, that's weird. Like now that you mention it, it's very similar to the Ganado look, isn't it? 
Mm-hmm. As soon as I as soon as I see him, I start running running around him. I was like, "Are you going to start yelling at me and <laughs> not Spanish?" You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Cool, um, Kelsey. Uh, let's take it to you. What are your you know thoughts on the gameplay of remake and the changes? Yeah, this is where we can really, really sing this game's praises. I'm kind of in agreement with everything that's been said. I've got a couple of points, extra points to make, I think. But yeah, it just totally encapsulates that original playstyle, but makes it better. And everything just feels more refined and snappier. The game sort of as a whole, the multiple routes you can take, the two character storylines, alternate cutscenes, choice so much choice, so many things you can do, all that stuff we love is there. Uh, that variation is amazing. And I think people are still probably discovering things mm. even today, which is just incredible. Um, variation in weaponry. I used the assault shotgun for the first time in this playthrough, which was fun. Uh, I actually, uh, just instead of running out of the room, when Richard comes to help you with the snake, uh, I stayed in, <laughs> so I got the gun. Um, nice. Enemy variation is also amazing, keeps you on your toes, and like James said, it just kind of encourages gunplay and experimentation. You know, you can't, you can do the game with the knife if you want, if you're skilled, but it's kind of it shoves all this stuff to you, not too generously, but mm. it gives you lots of options, and that I really, really like. Um, exploration and freedom to traverse everything like steve said these are all big big ticks um has rooms you don't even need to go into but open across them then yeah it just adds depth to the experience and i think it is it it is all all but or it probably is perfect survival horror and yeah this is the stuff that really makes the game what it is for me in spite of the complaints that i've had you know we started with some some negatives and uh but yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of, of the gameplay. Uh, surprise, surprise, I do have a couple of minor uh, quibbles in relation to the gameplay. Um, but maybe, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm trying to just kind of be devil's avocado with this. But like, <laughs> we've, um, uh, like we, we've talked a lot about the Crimson Heads. And okay, I suppose this is my big one. I'm not a huge fan of them. Um, I, I, I love zombies. I like zombies as zombies. I'm not really... A big fan of running zombies um and i know they wanted to enhance the experience and add that thing take you by surprise if you played the original and scare the hell out of you and it does that it's great mm. it's like mission accomplished but there is a bit of do this very laborious back and forth process or your life will be so much harder later in the game um which it's just a tad frustrating. All I ask for is that the flask has like four refills instead of two. And then I think I'd be less <laughs> bothered. Um, <laughs> I, I like a degree of stress in video games. I think it makes that it can make them great. But I'd, I don't want to be kind of forced to do it one way or the other. There's so much variation in the game. It basically just goes, well, well, you better burn these or that's it. And there's so many of them. There's, you know, there's some places you might go where there's four zombies the corridor and yeah it can it, it it does keep you on your toes and i get it it, it adds a complexity and you know but it, this game it makes this game harder than elden ring you know the difficulty <laughs> discussion has been up in the air for the past couple of weeks this game's way harder in my opinion um and yeah but that's basically a couple the the other thing i did want to say is the puzzles what this game does although it increases the amount of puzzles and like you said sai it just adds so much more 
um, you know, you were talking about how, how much more it adds and depth to it. It makes you think about the game. Mm. Fantastic. Um, it does dumb a couple of the puzzles down, uh, which I think is a trade-off for the amount of puzzles. Some of them are very simple. Sure. Um, one in particular is kind of how the painting room turns into a game of coloured lights rather than just telling the story of the mm. old person, you know, going through life, which I think better in the original. Um, the smashed pieces puzzle to get the emblem, emblem key... Um, the pieces don't snap into place, which really annoys me yeah. because you can you can get them in the right place and still not complete the pu- complete the puzzle. Uh, it's very very yeah, but th- these are so minor these little things. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, the gameplay it's incredible. It's really really good. There's so much to do. Um, the different characters. It's quintessential Resident Evil. It's perfect survival horror. Love mm. love love it. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the puzzle, actually. That was something that I wanted to get into. I noticed on a recent playthrough, on this recent playthrough, that there is a lot more of examining items in this game than some other Mm. titles. I'm glad that it's still a thing. Like, it's actively a thing in... I don't know if it's in Remake 3, but it's definitely in Remake 2. Um, But there are quite a few items in Remake 1 that kind of require you to actually look at them or move them around or push the button on them uh, and actually bring that item up into your view and and get right stuck into it as it were which is cool it's kind of almost like it's not a puzzle but it's a it's an interesting sort of like side piece of gameplay Um, and obviously there are puzzles that spin out from that Um, the one that you mentioned box with the puzzle pieces i agree i mean it's probably my least favorite puzzle in the game for that reason um but the variety of puzzles in this game is mm. fantastic you know the clock hands uh pushing the statue along the room with the walls that close in you've got the piano room with the switching of the crests you've got the knights that you need to push into place and just those ones are in them those are just the ones in the mansion you know there's a few others dotted around elsewhere like the guardhouse um and the caves and stuff there's so much in the um, in terms of the amount of puzzles in this game almost certainly the game with the most number of puzzles in it um which again yeah feeds into that kind of slower pace that the game is certainly going for uh, but at the same mm-hmm. time not completely slow pace because yeah fast running zombies and also something that i neglected to mention earlier uh, zombies that can now open doors not just crimson heads regular zombies they can follow you from room to room so not only mm. are you not safe when you've killed them because they could potentially get back up if you just leave them and go into the next room it's very possible that they'll rattle that door handle open and follow you in as well and mm. you know there's that hunter that comes jumping into the corridor as well uh the the quote-unquote kenneth corridor so stuff like that it's awesome uh it keeps you on your toes even when the game is slower pace uh, and much more deliberate um let's yeah. let's stay with gameplay for a little bit uh and talk about locations in general because uh, james you touched on the map and stuff but just maybe just some discussion about uh the mansion and uh, and you know the surrounding areas for me i you know i'll always adore what they call the residence to me will always be the guardhouse um this tight little sort of like puzzle box of exploration that it is that's it's kind of, it's like a trip away from the mansion, a horrible little trip. But it's kind of like, I'm leaving the big big puzzle box to go and deal with this little puzzle box that has a giant shark and a giant plant in it. 
uh, and then come back again. I, I, and obviously that's in RE1. It's grown a bit in Remake, but it's always been my one of my favourite parts of Remake. Um, James, any particular thoughts on locations in the game? Any stuff that's really memorable to you? Uh, same as you, actually. The guardhouse slash residence. And <laughs> I think that's mostly because like everywhere else looks the same. <laughs> like I, I don't want to seem like a downy again, but like yeah. I I I couldn't tell the difference between me going into the lab and me walking around the mansion. Like it was like my like in terms of I, I can't give you in my brain right now. I can't like give you a room that jumped out at me in either of those places and went, you know, oh I like the area because other than the um the courtyard actually. That's another one actually. Mm, but sure. These are all transition places, the places to other places. Right. So I, I think those the transition places are probably the best things they've done with remake Interesting, and improved. Yeah. Um but the actual major locations other than the big hall, which like the main lobby, which looks amazing, um, in remake, uh, everywhere else just looks very samey, mm. um, and yeah, and I, again, I, you know, without repeating myself, it's because the colors used, yeah, um, like yeah, so yeah, the transitions look great, and the courtyard, that sorry, the uh, the great hall looks fantastic, but. <laughs> Everywhere else looks very samey to me. So it was, it was sometimes hard to navigate. So I had to use the map more. Thank goodness the map was good because I could actually <laughs> direct myself. <laughs> uh, Kelsey, any standout locations, good or bad for you? Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you said, Sai. Uh, but I can I can tell you my favorite room in the entire game. Oh, okay, cool. Um, which I know it's sort of a simple thing, but just to narrow it down. Um, personally, my favorite room is the piano room uh, mm. with the Moonlight Sonata and the secret, it's like this, the secret entrance. Like it's obviously such a small place uh, in the game, but that's like, whenever I think of Resident Evil, I just think of that room. Um, and I love that it's in the remake as well. And you've got to play the piano. It's such a integral part of my memories of the game. Mm. Um, yeah. We could talk about the, you know, the locations and the detail in them, I think that's, you could do a whole podcast episode on this stuff. Uh, the mansion is superb. Like it's really, really good. Um, the nature of it being like puzzle box areas, like I'd actually never even really considered that, but you're completely right. And these being these locations being having puzzles within them, but they're just puzzles themselves to get mm -hmm. around. Like I feel dumb for even saying it now, but you're completely right. It's such a good observation. And yeah, there's there's lots of beautiful spots in this game. Despite, as James said, I also have issues with the look and the finish of the game. I put that aside. You know, it's fine. Um, yeah, so much to love. Love the piano room. It's that's it for me. That's where you know you find my heart in that room. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. Um, Steve, what are your standouts for remakes uh, locations? Oh goodness me! Yeah, this is like trying to choose which is your favorite Safe child choice. Oh, yeah god, <laughs> oh, god. Um, right let's 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 be a bit more experimental the, the first one that jumped straight to my mind was the lab and not so much in the way that in, in contrast to its original counterpart how much more run down and dilapidated and compromised the place mm. it's got a very different atmosphere whereas like one's almost walking into a tomb 
And this one is walking into like, you know, spilt over chemical experiment laboratory. It actually feels like a compromised lab in, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, got a very wet, sick, sickly feel to the place. Um, but I'm going to be greedy and pick a second one. And I'm going to say it's uh, the bedsit Lisa has underneath the cabin. And yeah. There's something so unnervingly disturbing about the whole area. Uh, maybe she's been lighting all the candles just to make it even more on edge. But it's just maybe I'm reading too much into the narrative and the story of Lisa, but that place just makes me ill every time I'm going through it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when when a, when a game's atmosphere can make me feel sick, it's done something right. Plus, you know, any other area in the game that has trees, I love spooky spooky areas at night with woodland, <laughs> and you get a few few glimpses of it in this yeah. so that, that gets a shout out too obviously the mansion looks fantastic as we've all said uh, you know uh, totally a bit blunt but most rooms are regal and defined filled with like all sorts of little touches and details like compromised wallpaper there's no pea green wallpaper in this one <laughs> uh, but yeah yeah for me it's Lisa's bed sit in the lab yeah no it's good good shout like jumping on from that and what you said, James, about sort of transitional areas, I always think of, and it's such a minor thing, but the little graveyard where you can get the magnum where all the crows are hanging out. I just oh, remember that yeah. being such a wonderful looking area. Uh, you do nothing. You just run through or you grab the magnum if you've got the the uh, wind crest. Uh, it's not like a big deal, but it's a nice little moment. And that little um, sort of pathway that wiggles down through past the uh, big heavy locked doors with the two dog statues as you've said steve the outside stuff's really really nice um i don't like the caves that's just as simple as it is i think they're very mm. boring in re1 they're very boring and remake they're only marginally better um but otherwise yeah the locations in this game are a big big strong part for me um cool well i'm glad you mentioned lisa trevor steve because that brings us on to story uh i mean i guess we don't really need to get into the actual story of resident evil the original game because we've already done it before uh, but we can talk about the changes and the additions and stuff that remake does certainly um and lisa trevor is obviously the big one and um, that's the big addition it's it's a not only a new enemy uh but also it has these new new areas as steve has mentioned and not just that, but comes with it, but also these new files. Because also, George Trevor actually gets to be part of the story a bit more now uh, and kind of have his, his presence felt a little bit uh, because his daughter has been left here to sort of roam the uh, the cave system underneath everything. Um, James, I'm going to throw it to you as the, the Lisa Trevor fan. <laughs> yeah. uh, how do you feel about the Lisa Trevor edition and also just, you know, some of the changes to the story in, in general. Yeah. Um, like just small addendum. Like I love that. They also like in terms of the story that they explained a little bit later on with, again, that same note about the crimson elder, but they, they spoke about the crimson elder in the, in the coffin that they froze, um, which yeah. is kind of cool. Like yeah. a nice little, it's like, okay, this is the origin of all the crimson heads. Kind of neat. Mm. Um, oh yeah. But Lisa Trevor, like, I think everybody here knows that I, I fir- I firmly believe, no matter what anyone says, that Lisa is not dead, and <laughs> I think Capcom deliberately did that because they know just how like unkillable she is. Because this girl has been experimented on with the progenitor virus, the T virus, 
like some form of the nemesis, nemesis parasite. parasite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's had everything, like and untested as well. Like she was like one of the first. Like so, she has endless potential. Not to sound like Birkin for a second or Spencer, but like in terms of a character, like so. Oh, I just really, really hope and wish that they build on her because it, it would just make my day if she just turns up one day in the woods. <laughs> Again, said this before, she just turns up. She's been ripping people's faces off looking for her mum. Because let's think for a second how tragic this character is. And, you know, I always, I'm always drawn towards the tragic character. The, quote, boss fight with Lisa Trevor isn't a boss fight. She's been following you this entire time because this is her home. This is where she's grown up, right? And you're tallywhacking it around, you know, in her house, right? While her mum is dead in a coffin in her house. And then you interrupt. You go into the room of her dead mother, right? And then she just, you know, you take everything. And her mother is uh, open to the elements because you just threw rocks down <laughs> while she's been trying to get you out of her house, you know? And then she's like, oh, you know, I mean, she probably doesn't think like that, but you know, she's. You can tell by her notes that she's a very, um, she's like degraded like, by quite a, quite a lot. But yeah. she just grabs, you know, her mum's head that she's probably been looking for this entire time. She knows she was there, right? And then, you know, dives, and you know, we know that she doesn't die um, because of the the Wesker, Riddle, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. thing, right? But then like come on like for her to for her to be pinned down by a candelabra come on she jumped down like what looked like at least an 80 foot drop right <laughs> survived got to the lobby right without any problems right and then quote got crushed by a candelabra shut up game she ain't dead <laughs> like she's alive like and that explosion didn't kill her at all it just made her stronger she's in the woods in fact i would go as far to say she is the woods itself <laughs> all right okay calm down <laughs> you know i'm just picturing her as the next dead by daylight monster now oh she she would fit tonally so well with that game honestly through she would. Woods. Oh, so, now, uh, now i just want a lisa trevor like, horror film just a Lisa Trevor horror film. I don't need any other recognizable Resident Evil elements. I just need Lisa Trevor wandering around the woods going, Mother, oh, that'd be terrifying. And <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I just touch on a small thing like that isn't related to Lisa at all? It's to do with Ada. Um, so Ada is alluded in this game. I don't think she is in the original game. She's alluded that. She is, that. She is, oh, in, the she is in the original well. game? We, we keep okay. skipping that far, yeah. James, because I know the password and I'm just a nerd. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I'd love to see like because we know Adia was there now we know that she was there in some capacity because John said that she was in that note right so I would love to get it would be cool to have a side game, side game at some point following her during the downfall of that lab mm. and what happened around there at some point but yeah that's it that's all I have to say no, that's fair. Like that brings me on to a, a, a similar point that I just wanted to make it's a very short point but you know the files in this game are really, really good. Like the mm. original game is obviously is like a king of this kind of thing. But again, the remake just improves on them. Um, just, a, just that little bit. Every little, I think every last one is slightly better uh, with the you know, time on its side and being written uh, a bit more fluently and all the little extra bits that have been added in there as 
you you said the Ada one, but like there's a Birkin reference in there in now in remake. You can go get a, a letter from Birkin on Wesker's body, which is not obviously not in the oh, original, yeah. um, which is cool because you get those moments where you can tie stuff together like that. Um, and as we know now, Lisa is where the G virus originally came from as well. So it's cool to have that included in here as well. So that kind of stuff's great. Um, Kelsey, how do you feel about Lisa Trevor and story additions in remake? Mm, it's funny because I I think back to how much I love the original, and then it isn't really, you know, is this game which actually really makes it certainly makes me appreciate what Resident Evil is at its core because of all those extra details mm. that it adds and it grounds it and it grounds that origin story and to add Lisa Trevor in that way. Uh, it's weird because when I first heard she was going to be in the game, I was like, oh, you know, who's this extra character? Like, I'm, it felt kind of superfluous. But then, right. you know, you you discover the story and the details and it's like, Ah, it makes it makes the original story in as good as it is, and as as much as I enjoy it, it just makes it look so shallow and it lacks depth. And this, yeah, this is the the other big big strong point of mm. this game, what it does for the, you know, as I said, the origin story of Resident Evil, the lore and everything it adds, it's it's just brilliant. And I have, I think, zero complaints about this stuff. It's it's it, everything. Um, uh, James and you have said I just completely agree with and it breathes so much history into the franchise it just fleshes it out in ways that I, I think ways I've almost for years just kind of taken for granted right. and then you realize oh no actually that didn't come along till remake yeah and yeah so without the additions that this game has I don't think Resident Evil is as interesting as it is today mm. um, and yeah Lisa is a great character as james said tragic uh her story is very sad and yeah it's just a huge win for me i'm not sure what else to add mm. I, I it's i i know i've had complaints but the story yeah it's just it, it it gives the franchise it gives the origins of the franchise the pillars and the foundation it needs and you know we've got we've had stuff since then you know, in village that goes back even further and predates it, and all this kind of stuff, which is fine and nice to see. But this is the this is the core for me. This is where this is the jump off point. The story that we get in this game, and I know obviously, you know, it's not not all happening in this game. Just the stuff that led up to it as well, and the testing on Lisa and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And yeah, it's just it's just brilliant. It's it's yeah. <laughs> not much no, else to say you're right actually in terms of sort of like the depth that's a good word for it like i think when you compare re1 and remake um they i think they correctly identified the george trevor story as being the most human part of re1 like amongst all the the you know it is b-movie ridiculousness resident evil 1 more than any other game perhaps um with all of its crazy crazy monsters like it's got the shark the snake the plant the spider it's got every horror monster uh you know giant creature in it and all this it's, it's bright and colorful and by no intention of course but the script being ridiculous uh but the george trevor part of the, the resident evil story is is the real human part of it the real tragic part which they then just exploded wide open with remake um to give that just something so unique yeah. that we, we we'd had plenty of sort of sad little stories 
in Resident Evil up until this point already with RE2 and RE3 and stuff like that. But the Lisa thing to actually experience that, you know, and see her wandering around and interact with it to, to a whole other level that the series has scarcely come close to in the time since. I think it's only really been bested once in terms of creepiness, uh, which is, you know, the baby monster. Lest we forget. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. But, so many people have been traumatized that they did forget. That's yeah, you're right. Um, but the Lisa thing has got that extra slice of being just sad as well. Um, Steve, thoughts on the Trevor family and storyline changes? Uh, honestly, genius. Although these days we tend to turn around and mostly bulk at the idea of retroactive recons and story updates. And stuff. Sure, yeah. In this case, a, uh, a, it was needed to just show that extra level of vindictive evilness of the Umbrella Corporation, I think. Mm. Like, you know, and Spencer himself, you know, this is, I think this is almost like, you know, Spencer's like, yeah, take the, take the women and then just torture him and kill him off in a cave or let him get lost and die in a mansion. You know, evil. Mm. Uh, actually making you feel sympathy for this poor being that is now an unkillable, like, barely sentient monster looking for the mother. And is also likely to kill you in two hits if you don't shoot or <laughs> run for your life. Mm. So it gives you a nice paradox. It gives you, like, a, that extra conspiracy, especially with people returning to the game for the first time. If they've only played the original, they get an extra conspiracy to unravel that's not just they send stars in to get combat data one. Which, obviously, yeah. at the time was compelling at least it is i love that about it for me well you know i can totally get that this one is a lot more hits close to home because we all have people we care about and seeing this kind of stuff happen mm. to a person you hear about who's a child mm. and their mother and their father you just come away thinking you absolute swear words i can't say <laughs> on a podcast uh spencer uh you know and stuff like that and it just yeah i wouldn't say it's Perhaps the best in all fiction ever, but it's the closest we've come to something that's dark and as twisted as like Silent Hill 2 and 3 in a Resident Evil game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So before we sort of get to our conclusions, uh, I just kind of wanted to open the discussion for any points of the original versus remake discussion. You know, whether or not you want to stick your flag in finally and commit to to a preference between the two games. Um, But any... Any thoughts on changes between them? You know, where one perhaps is stronger than the other. Uh, it's kind of an open forum. Um, Kelsey, let's start with you. Is there anything in particular mm. you think the original does better? Other than, you know, the uh, drabness, which we've talked about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that my ma- it's, it's such a tough one. Um, my main place that i land is that i think it's it's probably so much is tied to nostalgia and i try to you know remove that a little bit um mm. but despite this huge increase in detail for me the the variety in the original the more diverse color palette and stuff like that and everything not looking the same and those voiceovers despite their hilariousness they <laughs> just have so much charm I think the music on a whole works better in the original. Um, the the remake is, is technically, you know, its prowess is uh, is can't be argued. But um, it, yeah, it's so difficult. I, th- I think I, when I break it down to 
story and gameplay and visuals and sound it's i think story and gameplay remake takes it uh visuals and sound i get much more enjoyment out of the original um so it's really tough it's almost like a 50 fit right. 50 split down the middle in that sense um yeah some of it is probably tied to nostalgia yeah, um if you can if you if if you make me pick one to play is it, you know i i'm gonna play the original mm-hmm. um but that doesn't mean i don't really 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 like remake uh steve anything from the original resident evil game you think might be better than remake uh and out of the two i'm not gonna force you to make a decision but uh as kelsey quite rightfully perhaps phrased it you've got both of them in your hands which one are you gonna play uh pick up and play factor I'm going to say the original has a, a bit more of a pick up and play and playfully campness feel to it, which is not just the voice acting and the yeah, sure. visuals. It's a, it's a collection of them all, you know. Uh, I have to be in a, a sort of ambient mood, a scary mood to play remake, unless I'm going like a law run for something like that. That's the thing. If I was to go for a consistent story to date, relevant version, I'm going to pick remake. But if I want one to just pick up and play and have fun, I'm playing the original. Um, despite the fact that I would say that. It, as terms of a quote-unquote survival horror experience, remake takes it. Yeah, you know, I, I, but the the almost arcadey nature in comparison of the original, where there's a little more ammo, there's a little less thought needed in ammo supplies. Cutscenes aren't skippable, sure, but there's a lot more you can wiggle around with. You can encounter characters in different places. I mean, there are various instances in in this game where you can't meet Rebecca where you could in the original and stuff like that. Um, mm. So there is actually arguably more depth for Chris in the original, maybe, but not so much in this one. Um, so yeah, there are pros and cons to both. I uh, those people who always turn around and say remake is the only one you need to play really are doing the original disservice, mm-hmm. mm. which is a, a weird way of coming about it. I think maybe I just like the cheese and I miss that cast intro so much I can't <laughs> let go. <laughs> yeah, do you know I've heard a lot of stories from people as well. Um, that have previously been told that ah, I just play the remake. You don't need to play the original. That have then, after becoming big fans of the series, have made time to play the original and gone, oh, that was really cool. You know, I, there was a bunch of rooms that I didn't get to experience before. This was all different. Uh, there was a lot more to this than I was expecting. So that's always nice to hear. So if there are people out there that are perhaps in that situation, uh, by all means, go and play the original Resident Evil and see how you feel because. You're right, like the, one of the big benefits of Remake is that it is so different that they're both kind of valid games to play. Sure, if you want mm, the most up-to-date yes. version of the story, as you say, you need Remake. But they're, they're both perfectly viable as long as you can uh, use tank controls, particularly the 1996 ones, maybe. Um, speaking of which, <laughs> James, what's your preference between RE1 and Remake? And is there anything that you like better from the original game? <laughs> um okay so if i had them both in my hands and i had a choice which one i could only choose one to play it would have to be the remake because like mm-hmm. my hands literally can't play tank control games like you know like actual yeah, literal tank, tank yeah, control yeah, games sure. like but i just there's something about the original game and i think we've kind of touched on it a lot in this podcast that just makes it you know and this is not coming from nostalgia for me Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I didn't play this game like at all when it came out, and touch, you know, mm-hmm. I haven't even touched the original. Like I've only watched Steve play it. Um, but 
Yeah, it's just it, it it does overpass remake for me, like in terms of like in terms of what it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, and I've, we've already like kind of underlined everything. But in terms of the gameplay, like if I was just going to take it on, like what I would prefer to play, the gameplay, the controls, the story, all the little details, Lisa Trevor, mm-hmm. like those things are like yeah so it's it's tough mm-hmm. because there's there's like the immersiveness of the original right which is weird to say because it's very campy but it's still pretty immersive like and there is still an immersiveness in in the remake but i couldn't it didn't really touch me as much as the original right um you could sense it like if you watch our playthrough i'm not i'm not as terrified mm. Like, and unless Lisa comes out or the Crimson Heads or stuff like that, I'm not as terrified as the remake as I as I am the original. And that might be because because I've seen the original being played before. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be because of that. Uh, yeah, but... Oh God, it's difficult now. Because I'm like... If I didn't have funky hands and could be <laughs> tank controls, it might be the original. It's, it's a different one. I, have so, to, I probably have to go somewhere in the middle and say, right. I'm not sure. James has flipped the coin and it's landed on its side, basically. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. they are two sides of the same coin. Like, there isn't a more yeah. appropriate saying, I think. Which brings us nicely to conclusions for Resident Evil Remake. Final thoughts on the game that is often called the quintessential Resident Evil experience. Uh, and I'm going to say that that, for me, is pretty much... Yeah, it's true. I think this is the apex of the fixed camera Resident Evil series. I, It's not my favourite Resident Evil because of the sheer amount of nostalgia for Resident Evil 2. But I could comfortably call this the best game in the series. Uh, if, if, you know, gun to my head and I had to choose, it's this. This is the best game in the series. On, on some days, maybe I think, maybe it's RE2, maybe it's 7. But if I had to really <laughs> nail it down, I would not bat an eyelid at calling this the best Resident Evil game. Um, it is also kind of important, whilst it was a game that didn't sell very well because of the GameCube, and, you know, bless the HD remaster for putting it in so many hands that had never got to experience it before. There was a, a big... You know, there's a lot of warmth felt for this game in the last few years because of people that are finally getting to play it now that it's on uh, the last few generations of consoles. Um, but it's important, I think, in video game history because it feels very synonymous with the word remake. Like video game remakes, uh, and I guess it depends on how you define that word, not really a thing back in the early 2000s, especially games that were only six years old. It's more of a thing now. Games that are six years old that get a remake now for no reason. Whereas this actually is hugely different to the original. Maybe it's because it's got RE make as the you know that's what everyone calls it. But I think you say oh, I was playing remake to some at most gamers with a broad enough t- uh, taste. They'll know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. How many how many size out of ten would you give it? Probably all of them. Probably all the size out of ten. <laughs> it's it's just so wonderfully it's just so enjoyable to play, whether you're playing it as a terrifying, scary, spooky survival horror experience or like I have been doing recently on Twitch, playing it on very easy mode just to have a good time. It's such a comfortable game to play once you've played it enough. 
Um, and I think, you know, Kelsey, you sort of alluded to earlier when we were talking about gameplay, but there's still so much you could do to mix it up whenever you play it. You know, I killed Neptune with the self-defense gun for the first time ever. Usually <laughs> I'd just electrocute him, but you know what? Yeah, you can shoot him. Why not? Cool. That's a thing I did. We did a knife fight against Yawn. I could do a knife run of the whole game. You know, there's there's invisible enemy mode. There's real survival mode. There's so much to call you back to this game. And even if it's just because it's a nice, comfortable game to play. Uh, James, I'm going to start with you. Final conclusive thoughts on Resident Evil Remake. Uh, so even with the even with the muted colours of this game and the voice deliveries and a couple of like gripes, uh, I do think... This kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, but I've had had a thought. <laughs> I do okay. think I do I do think that remake is the best way to play the original game overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, to play it, and I mean like that, I want to like you know put Asterix. that in caps and right. it, you know italics and you know because it is the best way to play sure. Resident Evil One overall. Mm-hmm. Um, it opens up the franchise to the later games, which has been touched a little bit. I think it needs to be touched on more. Mm. um with extra details um yeah and uh which like the original doesn't because the the original from what i imagine when it was created it wasn't going to it was going to be a standalone game there wasn't going to be another one right um so yeah so i'm happy that they did remake it and like added on it added on to it uh, especially with the success it had mm-hmm. uh i just wish i had more poppy colors like <laughs> in it it just i it just re- really would have if it was just a bit brighter, it would have been. It would have been like, yeah, it would have been ten moist out of ten. But uh, for right now, it is seven point nine moist out of ten uh, for me. <laughs> okay, uh, KDB final final thoughts on remake KDB. Um, yeah, I'll keep it as concise as I can. <laughs> my uh, so, like I mentioned, my first experience with this game was not one. I wasn't massively fond of it. Um, I kind of shunned it. But then, obviously, I played it, and I grew to enjoy it much more. And considering the direction the series went after, I can appreciate like the standard that this game has set for survival horror, even today, uh, and just the Resident Evil experience. It adds so much to the original story, and it remains this like North Star for the series. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a perfect remake? Not for me. It's not perfect. It gets called perfect a lot. I don't think it's perfect. On a technical basis, it's leagues ahead. It's not even up for discussion. As an experience, it does lack some of the charm of the original for me. Um, Mm. But it's a perfect survival horror game to play. Um, And is it the best Resident Evil game? Again, not for me. Uh, That always goes to 2. And the intricacies that come with 2, I think it's just... I don't think that's ever going to be beaten, but this remake just breathed so much into the series that is sustained to this day, and it has to be given credit for that. So, you know, it's some of my views on the drab visuals and dull voice acting aside. And just to be clear, I'm pointing out that stuff because it's kind of like, that's kind of like our job here on the podcast, to try and right. take a wider look. We we could just sit here for three hours and gush about everything we love. You know, I'm happy to do that, but... I do my best to try to remain objective at all times. Um, but yeah, with all that said, this is this is a must-play game mm. for horror fans and to get into the series. It's available pretty much everywhere. So if you haven't played it, go and give it a try. Uh, um, I would always recommend this to somebody to play. I don't know if it'd be the first one I'd recommend to people. 
but you know it's definitely up there um, yeah. of one or two or three um yeah one that... final point sorry yeah sorry i was just gonna say i was literally thinking that just before you said it is that I wonder if it would be the first game I'd recommend. I don't know if it would be. It'd probably be something more modern. Mm. But once they've got their teeth into it, I'd be like, you should definitely try this. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, exactly that. And yeah, I was just going to say one last point. I know some people absolutely shoot this down all the time about there being another remake of Resident Evil. But I personally would give anything to see an re re engine remake of this game you know of resident evil one whether that's over the shoulder or like pseudo fixed camera version i'd take that in a beat and i think you know we could get nicole in and we could get jeff in and i think there's there's hmm. so much potential to possibly make one of the greatest horror games of time if they go that route we've seen some of the touches they've done with seven and village the potential is there but yeah, we're talking about remake. I absolutely love it, despite my gripes. It's uh, yeah, it's a nine out of ten. Four out of five. Nine out of ten. It's it's most mostly brilliant. <laughs> if if they like, that's that's such a great point, KDB. Because if they just fix those voices, I think yeah, the game would be like. I, I think like you know, not looking at the the backgrounds and stuff, like put, pushing those aside. I think if the voices and the voice direction and all of that was fixed it would just be like yeah as you say the the best horror game mm -hmm. uh steve what are your final conclusive thoughts on resident uh, evil remake okay so uh in comparison to its contemporaries i think this is the if you want to compare resident evil against silent hill fatal frame or any of those this is the one you put up against them this is the one you say right you want to see what resident evil's about bam Mm. slam it desk you know uh do i think it is the best resident evil game no do i think it's one of the best uh like poster child for the series for a reason uh you know well, re4 notwithstanding what with you know bigger game industry hit um aesthetically it's a cut above anything on including the iconic re4 i think this looks better than re4 you know mm -hmm. and um, again, this is from the guy who likes that game as well. Um, narratively, it's basically the original PS1 game with one hell of a hard-hitting extra conspiracy just to get you that extra mad. Especially if you're a parent, <laughs> I feel like. Um, I don't think we even touched on the FMV at the start and how they completely reworked it to be less cheese and yeah. more Blair Witch. Um, your mileage may vary there. If you want a more serious Resident Evil 1, it's definitely the way to go. If you want something that's a bit more accessible, you go with the original. Again, not saying that's bad. You know, I would turn around and say that if you want to put, put a Resident Evil onto anybody or put it up against anything, it's this one. And uh, to conclude my ramble, uh, I, believe, I believe Kelsey said something about remakes and stuff earlier. I think in the history of video game remakes, if this one is not like up, up the top of the tentpole, it's very close. Like, this is one of the best taking something and revising it in a positive mm. fashion. I'm not saying it can't be improved upon, but even in today's day and age, uh, it, it still, like, is an exemplar on that particular, like, avenue of game design where we yeah. retread old ground. Agreed. Definitely so, yeah, agreed. it's a bit, yep. bit good. bit good. bit good. That is the, <laughs> the, the official first day spray review. It's a bit good. Well, nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors, our patrons, and our listeners. Join the First Aid Spray Discord server to become part of our community and hear the show early and unedited. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. 
All of these links and all of our content can be found at fasprayPod.com. You can listen to the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and all good podcasting apps. And if you like what you hear, please do leave us a review where you can and spread the good word. Don't forget you can support the show by picking up some merch or at patreon.com forward slash FASpraypod for as little as $1 a month. On our next episode, we take a step back and look at the franchise as a whole and its community through a very specific gaze. Join us as we put on our running shoes and look at the world of RE speedrunning. Thank you to the panel. You can follow all of the Pueblo people individually. I'm at Sinyak underscore 123. Steve is at FB. Steve was taken. James is at Moist Owler OFF. And Kelsey is at K underscore D underscore B underscore. And finally, thank you for listening and have a good week. I wanted Sorry. to get in the subject of the remake, remake, but I was like, well, girl, we're going to be going on forever if we start riffing that. Off. <laughs> <laughs> remake it in first person. That's what I f***ing want. Yeah, it's <laughs> what Mikami would have wanted. Exactly. Originally. Exactly. I'll make it isometric, top down. <laughs> yeah. <Evil. laughs> Turn-based panels and skill trees. Yes. <laughs> I want a bullet hell Resident Evil, please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Luigi's, yeah, we should, the speedrun episode should be our shortest, yeah. <laughs> we'll release, like, a cut that's, like, 500% sped up. <laughs> Just for you. Uh, first aid spray, any percentage. Yeah, uh, yeah.